Hello and welcome to Ready Wadipus, the podcast all about the culture of beer. I'm your host, Danny Walker. If you're a new listener, welcome, but I do recommend you visit some of our other shows where we discuss topics within art, baking, snack culture, of course beer, to name a few. You can find all shows by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. Today's show is number 10, and it was a special family affair as we were joined by our four founders, Alex, Paul, Rick and Sander, and we discussed homebrewing. We recorded on a hot day in Amsterdam North, and it was exciting for me to drink a beer with the guys and discuss how it all began. The show does get a bit chaotic, but we still cover plenty of interesting topics. Also, about halfway through, I called Kevin from the Beer Coning to see what he's keeping cool in his fridge. For now, I hope you enjoy the show, and let's get into it with the boys. All right, welcome to Radio Oedipus. Joining me today is Bas Visser, beer sommelier here at Oedipus. How are you doing today, Bas? Yeah, good again. Good again? Good. Sun, it makes me happy. We have some very special guests in the room with us today. The founders of Oedipus Brewing. How are you all today? Very good. One by one, Sander, Alex, Rick, Unfortunately not in the sun, that's... uh... But, uh, it's a, it's <laughs> we, a nice uh, sweat cave here. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's only going to get hotter as well. Fermentation right? room. We it's have to keep it up very to hot degrees. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels damp already. It's very damp. Yeah, it's yeah. got to get sexy. So today I, I want to talk a little bit about how it all started, how it all began, and specifically homebrewing. I would also like to try and avoid some of those cliches that, that I know you guys t- must talk about a lot. How, how did you become friends? When did it all begin? Who? Who's who's uh, uh, Rick? When did it? When did you first meet these guys? I think it went in. Uh, it wasn't not all at the same time. First it was, I think Paul and me on high school and Alex. Yeah, it was kind of around the same time. And yeah, first end of the first year of the of the high school, and then uh, then I knew Sander because he's he's a bit older than us. He's like the the the, the Gandalf Daddy. the Gandalf of the of the crew, and he was then in the. So we were in the first and he was in the sixth class, I, I guess, or the fifth. So he was kind of like this old bully dude. So I kind of knew him. But then... Uh, a bully? Yeah, he say. was bullying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I knew him just from the seeing. But then when we moved to Amsterdam, <laughs> uh, we kind of met again because he also lived with uh, with some other friends in a house. from cool. uh, they also from Noordwijk. So yeah, we kind of all know each other through the, the high school and our hometown. Yeah, but I think we really became friends in Amsterdam, right? I think Alex I knew before because yeah. a good friend of mine, we you, were, you were his neighbor. Yeah. yeah, smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we hung out, yeah. but then, yeah, Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Paul, Paul and Rick, you know. <laughs> Paul and Rick, I think I really got to know in Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. As a group, it all happened in Amsterdam. Yeah. So do you think that was maybe the first time you all had a beer together was maybe in Amsterdam? No. no. Not together, the four of us? <laughs> we had, we had like Bacardi Breezers before, you know, <laughs> oh, when we yeah. were younger. Yeah. But, um, I didn't drink yeah. that shit. No, yeah. Paul did a lot. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I was very happy with uh, <laughs> Bacardi <laughs> Breezers. Yeah. I, well, before school party, I, I, took, I drank four and I was completely uh, wasted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's true. How how much did you know about uh, home brewing before that first kind of brew? Uh, for me, and I think it was pretty much the same for all of us. Uh, yeah, we learned about home brewing in the beer temple yeah. where we where we were working uh, during our uh, studies. And uh, yeah, many home brewers were actually coming to the beer temple 
basically to find inspiration, mm-hmm. to taste, and uh, Dutch homebrews, you think, or international? international. Also yeah, Dutch. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Royal Dop, I think, is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. one of them. Mark Stroker. Our first homebrew was actually done with uh, homebrewers from Utrecht. Okay. Which is now, which turned into Royal Dop, which is turned into Oproer. Uh, Oproer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, well, how much did we know? Uh, not a clue. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we did hear from, from especially uh, the brewers that or yeah, home brewers that came from uh, from the states. I think most of them were expats or tourists. Yeah, they were telling about. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, they they told about it as if it was very common in the states, which was actually and yeah. still is. And then uh, I think that sparked the idea like, oh, well, maybe that's not so difficult. You don't have, you need a huge installation. We all felt that same uh, feeling of urgency to start brewing because um, uh, we were learning or we were working as bartenders in the beer temple and we were working like sommeliers and recommending beers to our guests. And uh, yeah, basically the most of the, the input we had from the beers that we were selling were, were commercial descriptions. Yeah. And uh, we were explaining about the beers to also sometimes professional brewers who came as guests, what they were tasting. Mm. And uh, yeah, this was all based on commercial descriptions. So we didn't really understood yeah. the, real, the real deal. Um, or the real feel of it. The real yeah. feel of it. So and and then we found out like okay, if we really want to understand beer better, we need to actually brew it, yeah, which is yeah. what what Rick said was actually not so difficult. Someone uh, yes, yeah. Did you yeah, look like? I have a kind of a different yeah. uh, memory on this. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think you two were really the drivers. You know, Rick sort of also explained before about this sort of epiphany moment, and Paul is very enthusiastic when it comes to new initiatives, whatever it is, or uh, how I know Paul. And I was actually kind of hesitant also because of a, uh, a story from two homebrewers at the bar who told me this horror story also <laughs> that they malted their own grain in the kitchen wearing their swimming pants and it all went wrong and cleaning <laughs> and the beer was shit <laughs> and they and uh, with loads of beer. So I was actually, I really remember that story well, I was actually kind of hesitant to start brewing but you guys were so uh, so enthusiastic. We have to do this, and you have to join. Like um, okay, and but then from the moment <laughs> on, we st- first started to watch those YouTube videos and really build this. That's sort organic of, ale. Yeah, yeah. We really, really recreated this sort of American-style homebrew setup where we took a cooler and put a copper manifold in the bottom and 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 made some slits in it, and that was our mash ton slash lauder ton, basically similar to the bigger setup that we have now we can only do single step infusion meshes but uh yeah from that moment onwards that we started building that kit i was sort of hooked who was who was around uh, brewery wise back in those early days well i, th- I think like as a homebrewer the first like professional brewer that we got in touch with what i think maybe was fair which helped us a lot which opened the books on like costs and yeah. uh, uh like everything we wanted to know basically his whole company was open to us as homebrewers uh, so that was Arcon. really Hardwarming. Arcon, yeah, 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 from Butcher Steers. But he didn't have his own brewery yet. He was homebrewing. He was homebrewing. But we yeah, really yeah. started at the same time. Butch but he Steers. had a brewing education, right? Yeah, or he interned at least and, and went to school, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was there, obviously. They've mm-hmm. been around uh, since the 80s, I guess. So Praal also. Mm-hmm. And I think we also... we were, was we had, there. Yeah, we Would had you, some contact. Were you in contact with, with them as well with the I? No, no, not so much. No. 
And, uh, but oh. uh, we had some contact with Menno, of course, from the Mola, yeah. through the Beer Temple, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually there, the course. first yeah. beer where we were sort of involved in, and that our name ended on the label of a commercially available beer was the two and a half IPA that we developed with the Beer Temple for the two and a half anniversary of the Beer Temple. Uh, uh, oh, cool. 500 liter batch. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, the label is still on your fridge. So I brought uh, a Mikula, uh Nelson Chauvin barrel aged oh, yeah. Chardonnay uh, beer Whoa. for us to talk about. Yeah. Usually, Quality shit, huh? Yeah. It's actually, uh, yeah, it used yeah, to be so my favorite beer and I haven't had it for a long time. Okay, okay. Very so curious. I did right in, uh, in picking this. Like, there was, a few, cool. yes. there was a few options that I, ne- that I went for and then uh, this was the one that I chose to go for. Nice one. I remember when we just started, you actually love this beer already from the beer tent, but I never really drank sour beers at all. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that beer to you guys. I'm not really. In, I'm, I'm like not. It, I'm yeah, not really yeah, into yeah. that. I you know? remember that moment. <laughs> and, then, and then, like a year later, I'm like, let me. <laughs> so yeah. I, I wasn't. Like you were convinced. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. at that level yet. Now all I want to drink is basically lagers or sour beers. Really, yeah. You know what I mean? So. It's, what uh, what beers were, was it for you in those early days? That well, for me, beer was kind of boring, and yeah. uh, I really didn't enjoy drinking beer at all. <laughs> I drank wine. Oh, and really? yeah, and then uh, these guys were working at the beer temple, so, so I, I, you know, these guys that I went to high school with and checked it out, and I, I remember I drank this fresh hop IPA from New Zealand or something, eight wired, eight wired, yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. or or hop wired or, or hop wired yeah. or or some beer from from the states with like a wave on it which had fresh hops as well. Oh, yeah. there was wipeout, uh, wipeout, wipeout from, from uh, Port Brewing, and, port and brewing. This, 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 it came in these big bottles, like seventy-five centi- centi- liters. Sixty-six, and I was just, sixty-six, sixty-six. Drinking it from the bottle and, and being like, "Whoa, what is this, is this beer?" and being amazed by that like hop flavor that I never encountered in the Netherlands. Cheers, guys! Cheers! 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 Yeah, this beer has everything, huh? Super fr- high expectations. Fruit, fruity nose. Is, is it always this? Uh, uh, is this fr- because it's, it now explicitly oh, yeah. says it's brut? Was it always brut? Yes. Well, it turned out uh, the label changed over the years, and there have been different versions of the beer. If uh, and I, I, I haven't been so much on top of it. This is also really one of my favorite beers, and I remember also in New Year's where I opened a bottle of this, and uh, really good memories. I think where I know it from is that, uh, or how it was um, advertised, or what what I uh, could 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 learn about the beer when I first encountered it uh, was it was supposed to be as dry as it as you can get a beer, and I think they even used enzymes and Brettanomyces to make it bone dry, mm-hmm. and then of course it's called Nelson Sauvignon, so uh, the uh, New Zealand hop variety Nelson Sauvignon is in there. And, uh, or was it called Nelson Sauvignon, yeah, Nelson Sauvignon. in the beginning? Yeah, yeah it was completely different Vinius version. Also. Different, the, yeah. the, Vinius, the Vinius character yeah. Yeah. from and both. Austrian wine barrels, I think. So Austrian wine yeah. barrels, New Zealand hops, yeah. Brettanomyces. Uh, yeah. But I thought also maybe champagne yeast or not. That's Never. funny that they were kind of a wonder that They already did kind of a brat IPA in a way. Way yeah, before there was yeah, a brat IPA. Yeah, because yeah, I can yeah. remember the brat was yeah. on it, but it was never yeah. classified or dealt with as how pushed. they now look yeah. as the brat uh, didn't exist yet. <laughs> but it is actually somehow similar, although this is very also on the wine like. and yeah. I like the flavor of it. Yeah, that's now it's labeled as dry up, where I think it was yeah. always dry up, right? Yeah, yeah. But this is always the classic example of how much 
is, is it kind of close to your memory and how much did you change how much did the beer change and yeah it's it's hard to yeah. really compare but in my mind it's less vinous and less now it's less fruity also but it less has fruity. Some, yeah but it has some nice hops i think the nose it's is like super apple fruity. pie yeah really really juicy yeah, there's well, some the, oxidation the also pie. Yeah, the yeah. nose apple is fine but the, yeah, the, the flavor is, is very like it has some uh, krentjes i don't know uh, raisins raisins, raisins. 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 Yeah, yeah a bit of cinnamon bit of yeah apple. like kind of which is rich. normal for a beer aged in barrels i guess i saw yeah. it was aged on chardonnay yeah it's okay but when it comes to the bread character it tastes still very young I think uh, if you compare it to, for instance, Orval, if you have an old Orval, you get way more Brett and Meisjes character. Is also that yeah. red? Well, the the Nelson's of yeah, always had. Uh, it does have bread. I'm <coughs> reading this here. This should be. But yeah. It's also about expectation, right? I think it was like a Perhaps. very fresh, like brut. You're thinking like a beer before dinner or something. <laughs> uh, well, or I, I was I was like always fruity. told that this, <laughs> is, kind of, this is kind of meant to be like the beer equivalent of champagne, like beer right. champagne. That's what I mean. And but it, it feels more like a brandy or, or a sherry, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think it's a bit of oxidation. Yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't recommend this beer as a Not anymore. Aperitif. Yeah. No, as I think it's com as super a complex. Yeah, it's uh, super complex. And, uh, it's yeah. also pretty strong, right? It's yeah. Yeah. eight or nine. 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 Yeah, there you go. What I really like about it is... And that still stands, although I think this is maybe not the freshest, uh, and it did change it. I think it's a very, very nice way of how to look at a beer that can, the creative process. I think they had really envisioned this Sauvignon wine, and they kind of combined it. They saw that quality in the in the hops, and then they there was Mickler, of course. They were already kind of pushing what's possible, and they came also with this idea like, yeah, we're gonna do. Not only hoppy beers, we're gonna make them sour, and then we do the enzymes, and then kind of come to this beer wine hybrid. Although mm -hmm. this is not a hybrid, but I think that's very that was also very reminiscent of that days. But especially Mickler did it, and this was the first beer that kind of, for me at least, took kind that of took encapsulated that all that. Like yeah. they, they, must was, be, uh, they must that be this, one of the leaders, yeah, one yeah. of the old school guys yeah. Yeah. doing yeah. kind yeah. of interesting. But then, yeah, they, this was oh, still, for sure, yeah, yeah. and still, 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 still yeah. maybe still, yeah. yeah. Very innovative uh, yeah. beer, yeah. but yeah. now it's a classic, actually, in my yeah. opinion. I think for us, they were a big example of crossing the border. What beer used to be in the Netherlands and being that boring product into what beer can be and what yeah. kind of flavors you can get with. Uh, <coughs> all types of uh, what what didn't they do? Yeah, mm -hmm. sort of thing. they were the Simpsons of cartoons, right? They, yeah, they, yeah, they've, yeah. Done, <laughs> done they've done it all, you know. And but in this yeah. beer, <laughs> yeah. in this beer, there's not many things you can do extra, right? I mean, it has barrel aging. It has. You could add lactose and, and, and uh, mango puree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that would be fortunately they the didn't do that. Yeah. Some yeah. French fries and. Uh, I think that is yeah. actually a shame nowadays that it is kind of uh, around that that is a big part of now what people see as creativity like what kind of fruit puree or what kind of uh, it's a bit over the top sometimes isn't it yeah it's it's not as creative as how this beer is made for instance yeah. uh, there's a whole different idea behind it and now it's just making it more more hoppy more sweet or more this is a very sophisticated beer maybe I'm also oh, curious Danny, how this is such a good thing Danny, I'm coming back Whoa. <laughs> oh sorry man Sorry. I'm also curious how it develops good if it, uh, while it's open. You're a good it could host, be also Danny. such a good complex host. beer. Uh. It is a funny flavor for green. Nelson, though. Eh? Nelson Sauvin. It's very. Yeah. It's also because it's a bit old, but it still has this kind of licorice like flavor to it, I, which I, I really that, like. like a licorice, licorice really and richness on it. I have to say, this is the first time I've ever had this, and I actually expected it to maybe taste way different because I was expecting a sparkling champagne beer equivalent. Yeah. So maybe expecting a lighter color for sure, and maybe a way more refreshing or sourness 
yeah. first off, but it's got way. Do you guys drink a lot of Nelson beers? Not, no, no, no not so much. There's not so many available, right? No, it's yeah. such a scarce uh, variety. Yeah, I, think. I got offered the other day a couple of kilos to buy, but uh, I didn't. Also, <laughs> 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 but it was on the street. On your way home at night. No one's doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because All I was at a beer festival in China, and there was a New Zealand brewery, and their name is Hallertau. Huh. The, the brewery? Uh, yeah. Great. They're Hollertau brewery. They only brew with German hops. And I asked him, are you out of your mind? You know, uh, you're in, in my opinion, living in the area where the most beautiful hops are from. You know, the yeah, New yeah, Zealand yeah. hops are, in my opinion, so, so delicious. I mean, Nelson Sauvain is an example of that. And for us, for us, it's really hard to, to get these hops. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, uh, and then well. I mean, in New Zealand, they they this guy is looking for his own niche and going for German hop varieties. It's I like that. That's good. Yeah, silly. It's just silly. I can imagine he's, he's sick of totally it. Yeah. it. Ten of his yeah. neighbors are doing the Nelson of Ambers. Yeah, you know, he wants to yeah. brew something different, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. But it was also we didn't um, we didn't uh, stay in our. But at the same time, a lot of those brewers. Yeah, he didn't make blondes. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, let's make a triple and a double. Not even IPA. The first beer was a Cezanne. You know, there was also kind of like commercially. Home brewing was yeah, yeah, it was commercially kind of against most brewers debuted uh, with a with a pale or an IPA. I have one question about beer uh, to Sonder actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's dry hopped, and I sometimes don't really understand the added value of dry hops in this beer. Also, when these it comes kind to of beers, these, these yeah, these beers, kind of beers, H. because I mean, the the flavor and aromas that come from the barrels and the different, mm. uh, I mean, the Brettanomyces character that's so nice to taste, but then to top it off even with dry hops which will oxidize eventually for me it's it's uh it sounds contradict contradictionary or something i mean in uh, this beer it works yeah. and i know you also like to dry up sometimes of your barrel Most age for beers yeah no, also barrel age yeah 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 i don't know uh yeah what's your question <laughs> Yeah, how do you look it. at that? I mean, these beers yeah. are supposed to develop very interesting, and how so. dry beer developing oh, a dry beer is different. Like difficult. It, you do it also nah, all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it can uh, add. Um, uh, it can emphasize what time does to a beer, and Orval is dry up as well. Right? Oh, I didn't know. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, so when it's young, you can get really can get hop hoppy characteristics, yeah, yeah. and they. <laughs> And the beer develops over time, mostly because of the bread, but also hops fading, other stuff coming up, maybe also hop components oxidizing, or yeah, components deriving from drops oxidizing the beer more than if it would not have been dry hopped. It re I, I really remember having the first one. I think the first time I had it was years ago uh, at Crooked Stave, uh, was at their tap room. and. Um, this really small place, um, and there were like only uh, a couple of homebrewers on the bar, but uh, somebody pulled up something, and um, yeah, it was mixed fermentation, but it was 100% dry, yeah, a lot of dry hops at Citra, I don't know, uh, new, new varieties, and I was like, whoa, it was really something different again. And it happened a couple of times that I had these beers that were really something new and I never experienced before. And I think dry helping a mixed fermentation beer can 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 create something really beautiful. What mm. I know with like these uh, Nelson Sauvignon, like New Zealand white wines, they will 
put them in fermentation and uh, as soon as the yeast starts to give these esteric flavors, they will kill it with sulfite mm. and they will export it. And then you'll have very cheap New Zealand wine with a lot of like peach, like fruity aromas, which is made by the yeast, not by the grape. And um, uh, maybe with dry hop, you can kind of imitate these kind of explosive fruity flavors which the esters of the yeast would bring as well so with hop you can uh, with dry hopping you can make an aroma which smells like any type of fruit basically if you if you use different types of hops which can be the same as a as the esters maybe of a yeast uh, okay yeah similar yeah. well i think in this sense makes really this beer makes really sense where in a lot of of times it's just dry hops for the fun of it or still gives the pungent flavor but it's also gimmicky yeah, there are also yeah. examples where you have yeah. these dry hopped uh, aged beers where you just where it f- really feels like an old ipa instead of uh, a complexity layer added to it and that's where i think mm. paul's doubt is also coming from yeah. i think there are a lot of bad examples of dry hopped yeah. barrel aged uh, okay. beers yeah. Back to home brewing. I know, yeah, I know you all started working in beer bars. Alex, you didn't. Uh, you I just did. Drank Diff- there. Different bar, different where, bar. Where did you work? Well, it was the Gollum uh, oh, for Gollum. for some time, but uh, I worked a different. Like I came from Horica, like so, yeah. Okay. But I didn't work at the Beer Temple. I worked different bars. Okay, fair yeah. enough. But still. Competitor. <laughs> yeah, I well, hope so. Ah, that's very <laughs> different. No, very different actually. The Gollum yeah, is very different. Definitely, super very, very complementary to yeah, each other, especially in yeah. those days. You know, it was really there was no Gollum, Belgian, yeah. Belgian, I th- I completely Belgian oriented, and American, completely American. And I mean, along yeah. the way, Gollum also started selling American oriented uh, craft beers. Even their house St- beer became so an IPA, That's right? Uh, One of their house beers, yeah. I think, and it's I think the, the development more, of the yeah. scene of the of the the craft Gollum beer has scene. Gollum the rule of like bring the new beer consumer to the next level, and maybe the beer temple is for consumers that are already sort of into beer into a little it, bit more. Yeah. And uh, so Gollum is more like a like a gateway. What do you think your really driving mentality was when you were making beer? What really made you want to make beer? I think there were a couple things. Uh, First, we want to learn it, as Paul described before. We kind of were uh, just talking about it, uh, and we kind of heard about a lot of brands and styles and, and ways of beer, but we didn't know how to make it. So there was also the incentive, like, okay, we have this idea. There was also the other idea of the uh, changing kind of the beer cultures, how we saw it, also in the beer temple, but also in the Netherlands, on the, on the beer flavor-wise, but also culture, like mainly men, Mainly uh, old, older guys, uh, very also not very accessible in a way. Mm-hmm. But it started off like, okay, let's see if we can brew. Let's see if we can do it. We had this ID, and uh, uh, I, I heard hops were like the family of the of the cannabis. And oh, yeah. then you had all these like dry hop beers and IPAs, and I was like, what's good? What's what's what? What is it? What's all these flavors? Where is it coming from? You know, from this one bar with these old IPAs imported from the States. <laughs> and then uh, I, I, you kind of want to... There were some fresh batches. There were some. Eight Wired. I like that. Yeah, Eight Wired was fresh. <laughs> and also some Titans were really fresh. Yeah, that's no, true. So nowadays, but that, but that's what I meant with old IPAs before, bad. you know. We learned old IPAs. But I think the idea was to to understand how, how, how does it work. And yeah. how can yeah, we but we wanted to start a brewery, right? Well, it was with ambition. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a brewery, but we... we no, yeah, yeah, but that's no, no. We wanted to, 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 no. 
<laughs> to uh, that's how I experienced it. You guys oh, wanted to start a brewery, oh, and we had to start our own brewery. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not immediately. The idea True. was uh, contract True. first, and but you uh, had that you had that initial goal. Yeah, that yeah, was kind of a uh, brewery yeah, rather was than kind of ambition. Let's yeah. change the beer landscape. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 I did. Well. Yeah. But I think the first beer that we called the Dancer was actually pretty good. The first ever home very brew. first yeah, home yeah, yeah. Brew. I remember that beer. And I remember uh, yesterday I had a beer well. from a brewery in Amsterdam. I won't say which brewery, and actually it tasted like that. Oh, I was yeah? like, oh, and it was good. I was like, hey, it's why won't you say it then? Well, maybe I can, but it's it's. Uh, you can say it. no. It's not a. It's actually I found it like oh, there's a lot of flavors that we l- try to create, and yeah. uh, the beer ended up like that. And they and I also understand why their beer is like that and why it is. Uh, Turned out that way. Uh, okay. I remember very well on bottling day, I think, yeah. that we we had this fermentation vessel at home and we sort of took the 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 cap off and smelled the beer and like holy shit, it's really we had dry hop, we added dry hops, but uh it really smelled familiar <laughs> to yeah. what it should have been, you know. Of course we've been smelling hops and and it smelled like hops. It smelled like an IPA. I was like, yeah. whoa, this was, yeah, really uh, a great like motivation. First, first I need to, co- I need to confess something, though, like, guys. Yeah. It works, it kind of, yeah. I need to confess something, though. We, we had a very strict, uh, because we bottled it, and then it was like two weeks. We had to wait, and we said, okay, we're not going to taste it. It has to be in the bottle. But I, I tried it, uh, not uh, Good. before before you guys. And yeah. if you have ever done yeah, it, I was there with uh, with then a girlfriend, ex girlfriend was like, yeah, let's try it. And it was already good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's still a peak. Or, is this, uh, is no, this a good. revelation? Yeah. yeah they, uh, well, we had really like we're not gonna drink Shit. it. Right. Why, <laughs> that's why we switched the brewery to Sanders House. <laughs> yeah. I still I still have a box like those yeah. beers. It's I never did house. that. Yeah. Well, we had this very idiot, how you say, idiotic, is it a word? Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Idiotic idea, because we kind of lived actually close. We all lived in the Jordan area, and uh, we had this idea, let's let's brew at all our houses. And then every brew, we just move all the stuff to one of our houses, and then right. we brew again. Uh, and we like did that two times. So we made yeah. like a, a full circle, and it was like this is uh, <laughs> very clumsy. We're going so with all the equipment over the over everybody canals. Everybody had and a stuff. fermenter sitting at home, yeah. so we brewed there, then moved the brewing equipment to the next place. But the fermenter was left behind, and we had to get back for bottling to that uh, that yeah. house where the fermenter was at because we were, we weren't carrying beer around or fermenting beer or conditioning beer around. It, be, it became good marketing for the festivals, right? Yeah. So we took the kit and we took it to festivals and we kind showed of, people yeah, how yeah, yeah. we were actually brewing beer on the festival and people yeah. could ask questions. Uh, then we, we would take the beer beer. home, take the wort home. Kind and, of, uh, yeah, yeah. But we, we were used like to like yeah. taking that equipment everywhere and showing people like this is how we do it and yeah. this is a lot of fun and it's easy as well and it's it's uh, it was about brewing it, it, was, yeah, it was all about like, efficiency yeah. already in those yeah. days yeah. Yeah. it wasn't making <laughs> the, clean, the cleanest beer but it was making you know fun uh, yeah. but we, really had to do it. we also really had to do it because we needed beer because of all the events uh, and we were at <laughs> events we and we we couldn't gather Every day of the week, because Paul we had a nine-to-five yeah. job, yeah. and we had all our were bar, no, the investors bar jobs. weren't lining up. <laughs> <laughs> but well, how, sorry, what we your, kind of your roles now? in those uh, early home brews? Were you all just I doing was, uh, finance? I did finance. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I think we're all finance. Actually, there's two other guys finance. who did the brewing. We never gave them credit. I can imagine it being really hectic, all for you guys in one kitchen. 
Like, how did how did that work? Did you all just take turns? Or? Discipline, huh? Discipline. I think it was all, in the beginning, everyone kind of did the same, but uh, it was so, after six brews, it all ended up at Sanders' place. Yeah. And he uh, very quickly built and got extra fridges so we could expand there. <laughs> he would also. wake up to, like, beer, you know, yeah. being that in his exploding. living room, yeah. like, not being able to sit down on his couch because there's so much beer. So I guess he had to deal with it, right? No, <laughs> yeah. but we were brewing twice a week, every week. Yeah, and uh, and I mean we were I mean obviously we are not the most structured uh, personalities. No, but, but we were very disciplined, disciplined yeah. in that. And I remember also uh, often guests coming over. Yeah, Victor, you know, Victor, <laughs> uh, or brewers, other home brewers, uh, <laughs> two chefs time. coming <laughs> by when they were and, uh, still home brewing. When they were yeah. still home brewing, and um, I yeah, yeah, I mean there was, was always a lot in, of yeah. tasting involved. So mm-hmm. it was at the same time it was a tasting, and I also remember that I mean brewing is. Uh, you have to be sometimes on certain moments. You have to be pretty sharp. Yeah. But yeah, the rules were they were they were not formalized. I okay. mean, we were. Yeah, just I think doing we did. So it was a bit chaotic, maybe sometimes. But also, sure. we had we often had a lot of shit to do, and and sometimes we also had decisions to make, like what the name. We had a, an agenda, so we came together mostly on Thursdays. Yeah. And Paul uh, uh, on Friday wasn't worth uh, anything at work, yeah. but uh, Thursday <laughs> night was brewing, and so we had to brew. We had to bottle off them uh, uh, a batch of beer, which is more work than brewing. Uh, yeah. We sometimes had to think about scheduling because we need beer for an event, this and that. Uh, yeah. We had to brew there. We have to take the kit or not. And, and we were using. Well, what, at we what point were, did the events come in? Because like. Uh, Straight away. Straight away. Yeah. Well, actually, the first... Rick was connected a little bit, I guess. Connected in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, I think the, 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 the whole brewery sped up. I say sped up? Speed up? Accelerated to come to I'm existence. I'm always the best person to ask. Because, isn't that good either. <laughs> <laughs> because of an event. Assassinated. And it was... <laughs> Because of uh, event at the beer temple, and then yeah. then it was also like, oh shit, we have to get a name, and we have to have beer. That's why we in the beginning brewed two times in a week, and also uh, this was for this pumpkin, the Halloween fest. So we yeah, had like yeah. two pumpkins, and there that was actually the first event. We just gave the beer, I guess, away to uh, to Peter of, of the beer temple, and we worked there then. But it was the the, the but these wooden casks from the prow, huh? yeah, and that started the moment. Like, okay, we. This works. People then liked it, although there were there, there were two horrendous beers, I guess. Uh, the one was way too spicy, and the other was actually was with Nelson Sanvin, the pumpkin. Yeah. It was good. So, was there a particular style you were aiming for when you no. first started, uh, or was it purely? It looks very experimental. The idea was to yeah, try as much was. as possible. It was also a bit directed by what uh, what uh, what is it? Uh, Braumarkt. Uh, What's in stock? <laughs> what had in stock? So the yeah. yeast varieties or hops oh, and yeah? stuff. But okay. we had some ideas, and the idea was. First, we're just going to make a lot of different stuff. We're not going to repeat one recipe uh, in the beginning. Just make... Take cover. Yeah. Take cover. So the third beer, I think, was a Kulsh also. Uh, Ordinary Blonde. I think the fifth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the second beer... The third one which was, was a porter, Souchon. So which was already so split in three different fermentation vessels. So the Nine? second batch was split oh. in three different beers. Yeah. So like eight, eight and a half, maybe? Oh, this, oh, this is eight years. How, how Paul? How, how different do you think the homebrewing like process was <laughs> compared to maybe this other people that were homebrewing? Oh, sorry. This seems quite experimental and different. Um, oh, yeah, Jesus. it depends on the Body brewer. Line. So yeah. what I like about uh, brewers is that and homebrewers, they 
they all come from a different background. <laughs> so yeah. some homebrewers are more technicians. So yeah. they really like to brew because they build their they can build their own home brewing equipment. Yeah. And they uh, it really turns them on, you know. Yeah. And some brewery oh, some brewers come more from a culinary fun. background. So they all just want to explore uh, and, and experiment with different flavors. Mm. Some brewers are more uh, business oriented and are more interested in the marketing side of 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 brewing and selling beer already mm. as home brewers so mm. yeah i don't know and you guys fit in where what we, we, yeah i would say uh, in that phase culinary yeah. culinary yeah. i would what? say yeah <laughs> yeah it was yeah, about flavor we want to learn flavor. about flavor but i think it's it shows how determined you were to discover new flavors and also at the rate of one or two beers a week that's yeah, I think I that's, think that's sick. <laughs> I think it's very, very much, uh, very high ambition and extremely experimental. Even from these first brews, it's. And it's, what I also get oh. from this list that, and and what I find interesting is that there's also beer number ten is an ESB, and beer number five was something like a really simple pale beer fermented with girls' yeast. There are a couple of saisons, some with fruit, some with spices, but there's a couple of also really. So some are really uh, inspired clearly by the American beer movement, beer styles, IPAs, pumpkin ales with all these spices. Um, but uh, a couple are also really sort of more traditional European. And I mm. think that's that's still something you can see in the beer lineup nowadays, that it's a bit of both. Always trying to find the balance. Yeah. Well, wasn't it about like, if we didn't brew this one style, like, oh, well, I tried this style. And, okay, yeah. let's try and brew that style, but let's add X to it. I think that was 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 exciting X? us for every yeah, X, like, a, like the ingredient that you wanted, oh, or let's think about the hop or whatever. <clears throat> I think that's how I felt. Like, oh, we still got to do this time. We're going to try that. We're going to do a double style. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and there was so much to be discovered and we could kind of make it and try it at the same time while having pizza and a beer together. Oh yeah, we always a couple had this, of days a week. Yeah, very uh, salon detail was uh, <laughs> frozen pizzas. Frozen pizzas. We had okay. this four, five frozen pizzas. We ate with four of us. So it was, uh, every <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we couldn't cook proper food for oh, ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. the stove, the the stove, stove was in use. occupied. So that's actually yeah, the, that's the, reason. the secret <laughs> ingredient about the flavor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fueled yeah. and frozen yeah. pizza. Where yeah. the, the culinary inspiration came yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Had many conversations with homebrewers over the years and what I always recommend everybody keep it simple from the beginning because we went <laughs> Just all like you over the place and we never <laughs> and that makes it really hard to learn what brewing is about yeah. you know so if you brew one recipe and try to see if you can brew somewhat similar for a second time and then start changing anything it's it may be a bit boring uh and we didn't do it but you you learn yourself what brewing is about and mm-hmm. we oh, did we learn it also this way right yeah yeah but it uh, you can ask the question yeah it worked for us but if it, wo- it if it yeah. works for every home brewer who oh, brews of often yeah. uh, you know most homebrewers brew once a month or four times a yeah. year you know and then i think yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I would recommend every homebrew keep it simple when you start. Maybe yeah. start with extract first. We went, we first batch was all grain, and uh, you can add some colored malts and do maybe a partial mash. Uh, but keep it simple. Forget about a mash, John, do, or just do bag and box. You know, there are so many ways to to learn what brewing is uh, about. And you, you. So we got rid of a lot of b- beer. Also on in tasting and events, but 
it's not fun uh, waking up in the middle of the night uh, when bottles of beer are exploding yeah, in your house, imagine. you know, and uh, it's a big room. fucking mess. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I don't uh, yeah I wouldn't uh, encourage people <laughs> down well, that route. Yeah, but and that, that was also oh, a part depends of, of a bit doing what your intention what, is. Yeah, I also want to what your intention add. is, yeah, ambitions, and, and, and what ambition, what kind of brewer you are. Yeah, like, no, sure. do yeah, of that. course. And also, I mean, okay, keeping it simple, but then I think also what you should uh, recommend is to uh, focus on fermentation, right? I mean, I think for us a big change was when we first started to working with uh, climate controlled yeah. uh, fermentation oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. i remember sander's house i mean some the guests coming over to sander's house while we were brewing they were all shocked because really it, it was hard to actually live in his house it was all filled with fridges <laughs> and uh it's true it which were mess. all built into climate uh yeah how do you call them climate fermentation, fermentation chambers, chambers yeah. and yeah i remember so when we moved to our first um uh, yeah, how do you call it? Bedrijfsruimte, uh, <laughs> company <laughs> workspace. room, so workspace, to our first workspace. And we rented a big van to move all the stuff from Sander's house. Because I, w- I always thought that Sander's house was so messy. But mm. actually, then that day I found out it was really organized, actually. Oh, yeah? But it was just so much stuff coming out of his uh, <laughs> home. Yeah, Beer vats. Yeah. But also about keeping it's it simple. I mean, you say right? keeping it simple as a tip, but I think what we did from an early age was like we made a beer, which was maybe 50 liters or 100 liters, I don't oh, even know, yes. and then split it in, in three batches and have different dry hop in there from a very early stage while we don't even know what the temperature is of the yeast, but we already were trying like what's this hop doing with the same beer. And I think that could be a tip for homebrewers. I mean, you have the time, you have the energy, try try out when you have like a... One batch, try out, well, yeah, spread it out, yeah, and and make that one batch uh, work for you as far as knowledge goes yeah. for what what you want to put yeah. in there because one batch is going to be gone and it takes a lot of effort. I so mean, if you yeah. split that batch into like different uh, fermenting containers, which what we did, uh, that was what uh, filled me like okay, what we were tasting, not just drinking. We're like okay, what does this do? What does this do? What does yeah. this do? What were some of those uh, first uh, early mistakes? Any what was like? Were there some big mistakes that you learned from? Or? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, simple practical. Stuff stuff like uh, opening a valve or this uh, hose coming off or not counting how much water is going in uh yeah we didn't know what sanitation was about uh we were paul says uh stress the importance of fermentation yeah it was about maybe having a fermentation chamber and controlling the temperature but i think what what also is um uh what what gave me insight the first two books that I found very, really important was one was radical brewing. And that's really about the, the, the uh, pushing boundaries as a home brewer, what, what you can do, what ingredients you can use, what techniques there are around. And another one is yeast. And it's uh, uh, made by a guy who also runs a yeast lab. So it's pretty technical about, and it really stresses the importance of fermentation. But also because of that, I find it really an important book uh, to, to understand what brewing is about. Uh, but we also started with yeast starters and everything and everything you do, like splitting up a batch, it's another vessel that, that becomes involved. And it's also a risk of, of, a, of a contamination, you know? Mm. So, uh, yeah, there were mistakes all over the yeah, place. Yeah. And also, of course, uh, uh, understanding what balance is or so, or mm. 
but yeah. also uh, <clears throat> planning too many events in one weekend yeah, that, that could have been a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I think all these open uh, having a valve open or beers uh, getting fucked up. That the, these That's part of the I think you, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. and also but I think more interesting and bigger mistakes were indeed what Paul said was that we at the beginning we were very eager and it was also the time that a lot of stuff uh, yeah yeah maybe wrinkle a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get uh, it out of the bag. <laughs> um, was a time that this the, there was like a wave of of craft beer, but craft in general, gen, uh, general food festivals just came up, so it was the right time. Uh, but that also made that we wanted to be everywhere and all kind of events. And then also, I think there was the the, the learning point uh, that we were very opportunistic in the beginning. We just wanted to do everything. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, and then we were very eager, and had also other people wanted. Also, when we were in the beginning years of when it became a business, people just wanted to do stuff with us, and uh, and which all looked fun and all looked kind of like promising or somehow uh, wow, that's interesting. And and I think you somehow need to experience that and also need to experience what doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but there there is not really a shortcut to be made. But there was after a while we kind of like oh shit yeah we need to kind of focus on what really helps us. Would you say that structure and ambition in those early days is something that kind of set you apart as uh, or the homebrew set set us apart. I, th- I don't think there were a lot of homebrewers at Look the at time. I think the 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 experimental side set us apart for sure, yeah. and also the dedication. I think we took a lot of nights off, and our girlfriends would allow that or some, and we would just sit there for hours and end, sort of as a second job, and and just do it and have fun together. I think that that's what set us apart. Just the time investment. Yeah. First year, two years, it was I think pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. Like there was nothing else. I mean, there was, it was just that work, yeah. and then the fun work, which was starting a brewery. Mm. So I think that was that really set us apart. And we all had that same drive. No one's looking like, what, what are you doing? What do you know? We're all like going full speed, one hundred twenty percent, giving it everything, and but but getting energy from it as well. So it's like it was like an uh, energetic explosion. I would say <laughs> that's how I, f- I feel about the start of the company, which was something I. Uh, and I think all I will never experience again. I would, I think. Yeah. No, mm. no, special. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. And that time, I think there were more homebrewers, but the the homebrewers that did that, we were not the only ones. But that True. did that also. They are now also companies. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Van der Streek, Butchesteers, Kroma Haring, two chefs also. Yeah. Obroer, Mark Obroer, Roy Dob. Then in the beginning, they oh. they all did that, and they made this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They all, all had this kind of focus <laughs> and some to mm-hmm. more and more intense than others, but it's interesting to see that they all now became companies. Yeah, but yeah well, that's really good, right? Yeah. And so. do you feel that the way they were homebrewing still represents the brewery now? As uh, or uh, Because I feel that your way, your style of homebrewing represents Oedipus still a little bit in... Well, it's a hard comparison for all these companies at the same time, I guess. Yeah, but I think yeah, if yeah, you look course. at Mark Stroker, he yeah. was brewing IPAs back then in Imperial Stouts. He, he still <laughs> does it. <laughs> he, he brags about he was the one co- with Case Weterings convincing Menno of the Mola to brew Imperial Stouts. <laughs> and and, and uh, because the Mola uh, before uh, oh, the, sal- yeah. the Salamander or Menno's or Olivier's Beer Advice was focusing more on European styles. And <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark claims that uh, he was the one 
uh, and the molen became world famous for the RPL Stouts and still are. Uh, but he turned his eye like, okay, in the US there's something going on. That you know, mm-hmm. you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and you still see it, you know, they have an Imperial Stout, they have a Session IPA, they have an IPA, that's all what Roy Dop did in the beginning, that's all uh, what they homebrewed. Uh, yeah. I know there and but there I think that's and Butch's there, same thing, you know. There's definitely uh aircon signature definitely the, i think that's the one that and it was back then and now to, and, yeah, and i think yeah. that i really like that you know when uh people develop their style and still are original and uh and and find what's theirs and and i think uh yeah we had our way others have theirs uh mm-hmm. yeah. but thinking about you guys specifically I, I think it's hard not to see that with those early homebrew plans and what you were doing uh making beers for events and for festivals uh, you were building kind of a plan for the future. Were you con- was that something you were conscious of? In a way, yes, but not the business side of it. We were like, oh yeah, we gotta do this. Um, we jo- we grew in meaning, grew very organically. So yeah. we, we there was definitely a moment that we couldn't uh, keep up with the demand for all the events, and we had to kind of slow down. But with all these events, well. Sorry for the IRS, but uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so with this money we uh, we made uh, made our first contract book. Well, I knew I knew we weren't just like getting in line with some other breweries. It really felt like we were discovering some uh, new market and like how we discovered the taste of beer, what it could be. We really wanted to bring that to new people and 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 let them experience even half of what we know about beer could mm-hmm. be true, and if we could reach people half the way that we know how cool beer was and how uh, how fun and extreme it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we would have like a, a company that would could be self-sustaining in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. So I think that was the, the first goal for me at least, like just get, get these people interested, 60% of how I'm interested in the beer and we'll, we'll, we'll get somewhere. Yeah. So uh, how, how do you see that, Rick? Because you, you obviously, you were very much involved in uh, the event side of things and uh, where the beer was kind of put. Like, how do you, were you conscious of building something that was surrounding the brewery to start off with? Yeah, it was a very conscious decision also, because first of all, we, we were really pirating, so we couldn't sell our beer. Yeah. Uh, and we had this idea like, okay, we, we, we have all this beer and we never intended it to drink it all ourselves. So yeah. we're like, okay, we want to share it, we want to get feedback and also want to, find a different way of uh, getting that beer out um, and not only in the beer bars that we used to work but also in a different vibe because we already saw some friends of us getting interested but still at the beer temple to be honest yeah we saw a lot of older guys coming in and talking about beer and enjoying it which was fun but it was also yeah it was very narrow in a way we didn't see a lot of girls coming in not our girlfriends or uh, really were interested so we said, okay, we want to get it, get it to a new audience. And mm-hmm. around that time, we started the first event doing it, Red Light Radio, during new uh, new Blanche, kind of like an alternative museum night. Museum night. And that, uh, that was the first moment that we said, oh, whoa, this really catches on with people. We like, they like this. Uh, and so let's continue, brew more, and uh, save, make beer for this now. And... Uh, and that was uh, June 2012. And then in August, yeah, I organized Kimchi Festival. And that was kind of the first gathering with other craft local homebrewers. Mm-hmm. And for them, it started off as an event that we 
want to just share beer with other homebrewers. We knew a couple and we met a couple through the through, through the beer bars, but never mm-hmm. got together and shared beers. Like, oh, let's do that. And uh, let's get the music in from Red Light Radio mm. and see what happens. And then that became like, wow, for that standard, it's very big. Like we sold out and we had to, at three o'clock in the afternoon, we had to go to 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 our to beer bars to get kegs of beer because we couldn't everything was sold out mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. was good but it was the first big event and after that we, yeah we said okay this is uh the place where we can sell it uh, where we can create a vibe this new vibe we were talking about with music mm-hmm. with also other other artisans so uh, Brandon levy was there yeah i remember you uh, you hosted this little square at the nui blanche thing where we where we could expose our or could, could pour yeah. our home brews to people, yeah. which I really love. But we also had Brantelevi sausage makers there. We had some coffee company there. We had people Eric, that were doing... Yeah, 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 yeah Eric, yeah. the chocolate chocolate. chocolate so quite guy. a strong cultural direction, even from the start. We want to be surrounded food, food, by... Food, food, yeah. food. It was really... It was but food everything was coming up. Yeah. Everything, yeah. they all were kind of in that yeah. phase. So you, that would you say you were drawing inspiration from other people around you that were time, as well? Yeah, and they kind of ran in. Of they course. were all young people. We were brewing at yeah. that. We were brewing at that festival, and we then, were making. This, and they were putting the, like the coffee maker would bring something to put in a beer or something. So it's actually quite a chocolate pairing with chocolate. Yeah. 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 We were serious yeah, with that, you know, yeah. preparing it well, and uh, we we brought our our brews, different batches, and to to prepare the tasting. And I remember Eric telling me, Paul, this is so good. You should really. You guys should really stick to this, and uh, so many opportunities. We are on that track already. To know? have that table full of like fifteen open beers, and people are trying it, and then have like thirty ch- different chocolate bars with different flavors on it, and yeah. everyone was just like a like a table of, of flavors and just trying what, what fits together. It was fu- was a lot of fun. That it was really days. magic. Uh, mm. yeah. And it was without any new. idea, the right? It was just about it was all new. Yeah, yeah. People, and the, f- yeah. the funny thing, I mean, I mean. <sighs> A beer is being brewed for hundreds of years already and still with the same ingredients. Mm. But still we are not done discovering <laughs> new flavors or flavor combinations. Yeah. Sure. And so, that so, makes wh- beer for me the most inspiring. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna interrupt the talk with the guys to call Kevin, one of the managers at the beer coning, to hear what he's got in his fridge. The Beer Koning is one of Amsterdam's top beer shops and has been previously mentioned on the show quite a few times. So I was curious what he thought was worth drinking and if he's got anything other than beer in his fridge. So let's give him a call. Kevin, how are you doing? Pretty good, how are you? Uh, pretty good, thanks. Pretty good. I've been in the sun all day. Can you hear so... me good? Or... Yeah, I can hear what? you. Is everything okay for you? Yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, perfect, perfect, thanks. Ah, nice, yeah. Yeah, you've been in the sun all day, you said? Yeah, I've been, I was in the brewery for a little bit, but then called yeah. it an, an early day, let's say, because I it was just too hot. So uh, I went and jumped in, the, jumped in the water that's behind the brewery, and that was way better. <laughs> and working in sweaty that, brewery. Yeah. yeah. And how's yeah, things how things things uh, with you? Well, I was at the shop all day and we got an air conditioning, so it was eighteen degrees, something like that. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. That's so good. Kind of okay. People are very yeah. thankful of uh aircon at the moment, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People are coming in like, Wow, this is cool, this is good. That's good. But uh, back in the days we didn't have it and then you got like hand grenades on the shelves. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
You can stop sweating ass. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's good now, but I'm happy to be home. Good, good. All right, it's good. Kevin, what, what have you got in your fridge? Well, it depends by day, actually. Uh, of course, I work in a beer store, so I'm, I'm lucky to uh, need to try a lot of beers, of course. But uh, I got my, my go-tos in the fridge, which is uh, most of the time some German lager. Oh, yeah. Uh, I prefer smoke lager, actually. Rauch beer. Rauch beer. Uh, Schenkelar, yeah. is it Bamberg one? I prefer Schenkla, yeah, but it's yeah. not always available. So uh, today it's Special, Special Rauchbier, the okay. lager. Nice, very good. But normally, or I prefer Schenkla, yeah, I do. And besides that, I always got some IPAs laying around just for days like this, bloody hot, and then cool off with IPA. Nice. Which yeah. is your favorite um, kind of uh, go to IPA at the moment? Uh, I guess my go to is. Either the Green Bullet, yeah. the Loki, yeah. Chaya, or Morinel, I guess, because that's the most affordable. Those are the most affordable ones. Yeah, and um, and the most local, right? As well. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. That that's that's fresh, I guess. Always, yeah, yeah. And besides that, back in the days, I would enjoy an all day IPA by Founders, the Tall yeah. Boys. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, that's not always fresh. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. I'm I'm always when drinking IPAs, always looking for the fresh and interesting stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then besides that, I got taste a lot of IPAs as well, of course, because every brewery in the Netherlands thinks they can make a decent IPA, but yeah. that's uh, that's not what it is. Is there yeah. any any breweries that any new breweries or new breweries that are doing IPAs that are worth mentioning that you've come across? Um, well. I guess you got two type of breweries. You got the breweries that are going for the untapped scores and yeah. always brewing new shit and uh, going for the high scores. And then you got the Fulkini Brew, for example. Yeah. Uh, those guys from Groningen. You spoke about them earlier. I mean, yeah, d- delicious uh, uh, double IPA, yeah. if I remember. Yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they do great IPAs, especially if you see that they're quite new in the game. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I love the fact that, uh, for example, Wahala. And Udipis as well, by the way, yeah. is just um, tweaking their IPA just to, to get to their, uh, well, to their favorite IPA, or the, 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 the best IPAs they can make. Yeah, and sure. I think that's, worth, uh, that's, that's, that's something I appreciate, yeah. especially in this uh, environment at the moment with the NTAP going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So um, anything else in there? Of course, yeah. I got some <laughs> great sours, um, okay. especially the Belgian ones, of course, the Cantillons, Driefontaine. Uh, nice. Um, mostly because my girlfriend don't like the IPAs and the lagers, and also we share a lot of the uh, soury wild stuff together. Ah, nice. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Expensive hobby, though. I was going to say, she has a bit more of an expensive taste. <laughs> she never buys it. She just enjoys it. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's lucky, lucky that her boyfriend uh, is the beer king. <laughs> or yeah, exactly. Beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's lucky for her, yeah. Nice. Uh, and then some girls with Belina White and that kind of stuff laying around. And nice. some stouts for, for uh, the, the fireplace kind of moments i don't have a fireplace but i try to create a moment i know what you mean sometimes yeah. when the evening when you've had too much sour or too much pilsner in the evenings get into that point where you want something with a bit richer taste 
I know what you mean. Exactly. I still yeah, uh, that's I that's still that. think you can drink it this time of year when the time is right. Yeah, you can, but not in the in the sun. I would say. Oh no, that's, no, that's no. the only thing for me. Yeah, no. So it needs to be darker in the in the summer. Yeah, and then I can enjoy it. But um, during the winter, you can enjoy it all day. I would say. For sure. But most of the time, it's for me. It's the, the end of the day, just before bedtime. Yeah. I click open a, a heavier one. The nightcap. Exactly the nightcap. Yeah. And any uh, who's making a decent stout at the moment? Then would you say? Uh, well, back in the days, I would always go for the Mola. Yeah. Because that's like the godfather of craft beer for the... Yeah, the, and they're the really Dutch, good at Dutch. their uh, stouts and imperial stouts and stuff like that. Exactly, they? yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, besides that, I, I'd love to try a lot of new ones. I'm not really going for uh, for a specific brewery. Yeah. Because... Um, uh, yeah, well, you got a lot. It's not like I want to drink three of them on the evening. So I try to do new breweries and then I taste the new stuff in, especially because it's a lot of money most of the time. Stout. And if a customer is asking me, like, what's a, for example, thick, uh, sweeter stout, then, then I would like to try some really good beer instead of uh, a nine euro beer that's not really what he was looking for. So I try to taste a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's important. I think that's. I think and also enjoyable, right? Discovering and mm-hmm. uh, and tasting different beers from undiscovered breweries. I think that's the fun. Yeah. Of, the fun of the game a little bit. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. But I prefer the thicker ones. That that's quite important for me. Okay. Cool. The the the, the oil ones. I would say. Yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Anything else to talk about in in the fridge? Well, I quit buying the New England stuff. I'm kind of done with it just because I missed the bitterness and all. So I had it back in the days, but now I'm going back to the, the, the normal IPAs. Okay, okay. Just because the sweetness is too much for me. You're not the, a big fan IPAs. of, you're not into this New England IPA juicy, uh, like well, ho- hoppy fruit then. juice kind of uh, craze. Yeah, it's it's most of the times if you if you close your eyes and you're not drinking or you don't you don't know you're drinking a beer, then I'm wondering if a lot of people would say it's beer. But now nah, it's 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 good and a lot of people enjoy it. But I got the 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 uh, man breezer the the yeah <laughs> so, you know it's that much sweetness and a lot of lactose in it. And of course, some, so now and then it's it's enjoyable, but. I quit buying them. Most of the time, they're really expensive, imported, and yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. And I think a hard one, a good one, sorry, is hard to come by. However, I did have a decent one. We actually drank it on the show. Uh, a Frontal uh, did a really nice New England yeah. Uh, IPA. Yeah, there are a few breweries that are doing a good job, like Frontal, for example, but they did the trick all over. So it's like P12, I believe, right now. Uh, so they know the trick. Kumahaling uh, Utrecht is yeah. doing a really good job. Oh, nice. And Elixir Wahala is also pretty good because they got that bit of bitterness in there. Still. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I've had one of the, I had it when it was uh, fresh, actually, that. But yeah, cool. Hey, since, mm-hmm. uh, since you're in the, in the beer shop trade, I wanted to ask yeah. you, if, is there any other breweries that I should look out for, really, that are doing interesting stuff? I know we spoke about Holkenbrau from uh, Groningen, uh, but is there mm-hmm. anyone else I should keep an eye out on? Well, a lot of people know him already, of course, but Navel is like one of my favorite breweries because yeah. they just 
the passion in there is, is you can taste it in every beer. Yeah. And besides that, I'm a really big fan of Van der Broek in Groningen, okay. which is an all-time friend of my boss. And he makes like, well, he cannot call it lambics, of course, because he's not in uh, in Belgium. Yeah. But he makes awesome sours. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one to keep uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, and besides that, all the homebrewers. I think you got the homebrewing show right now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're uh, you're yeah. always speaking right in the middle of the homebrewing show with the founders. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout out so to that, all that, the homebrewers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that's where where the passion is still going on. And before making money, the the homebrewers are uh, the ones that that's the future. I would say I got a lot of homebrewers in store giving off bottles and uh, try it and let me know what you think of it. And that, that's, I just found an other right catcher, which is a double IPA yeah. from a newer brewery. I think he's still a home brewer or semi-professional. Uh, yeah. He made some crates. And that, yeah, that, that's always cool. He just made a really good double IPA with a rye in it, so full body. Yeah, And that's always cool. That, that, that's, uh, I guess that's always something to look out for if you're fishing it especially now that we can travel yeah, uh, and drive around in the Netherlands and, and find some cool small breweries. I mean, the beer scene is awesome and people are always willing to share and talk about beer. So Exactly. It's really good to hear that you've said that, that people are still coming into establishments like yours with a kind of home-brewed beer wanting mm-hmm. to get your opinion on it because that is literally what we were talking about with uh, with the guys, them just kind of making yeah. beer, talking to other people that also homebrew in the same time as them and just wanting feedback yeah. and yeah, it's really good to hear that it's still going on. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, I guess the, the only way you can support a homebrewer and, and uh, give uh, good feedback to just work with, you know, so exactly. that's, that's the only way they can brew better beer and we keep the beers in alive. Exactly, man. Exactly. Power to that. Yeah. Now I have one cool. final question um, before yeah. I let you enjoy your evening. I know mm-hmm. you work at the Beer King and we've chatted a lot about beer, but is there any other drinks other than beer in your fridge? Uh, some sodas, mostly kombucha. <laughs> oh, yeah, kind nice. Of stuff. Yeah. What sort of kombucha? Because uh, like there's a-, a lot of good people making kombucha at the moment. Anything mm-hmm. worth talking about? Uh, Aris, which is a yeah. smaller kombucha from Alkmaar. Yeah. That's uh, a cool guy. Marx. Yeah, Bucky Iris. Brown, I, I also, yeah. what's his uh, friend called? Oh, damn. Yins, uh, Yins Van Hook as well. He, uh, I think he's also involved in uh, oh, Iris Kombucha. Well be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, good way for it, yeah. And they have a, I haven't tried their kombucha yet, but they had a really interesting one with, uh, which had coffee in it as well, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, and that's, uh, I can't remember the name now, and I just drank my last can yesterday. But I can send you the information later. But there is a new kombucha, and well, I'll let you know later on. Just All right. I will let you know later on. Yeah, but that, no that's a cool guy as well, and they're doing it in can, so that that's pretty good. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I, yeah, that's I would yeah. definitely. I'm really into these um, a new wave of fermented beverages. Let's say that low, low ABV or just like sodas. I think uh, it's yeah. perfect for this perfect. kind of weather when you want in mm-hmm. maybe a lighter, well, it's a Wednesday when I'm calling you, but you know, when you want kind of an evening where it's not a cold pilsy, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's good to have interesting beverages to drink that aren't going to get yeah, you wasted. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, besides that, I got some 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 uh, wine laying around for my uh, girlfriend and me to enjoy when I'm not drinking beer. Nice. Uh, and 
Carl Clifford there, of course. Yeva. Yeva Fun? Yeva Fun, yeah. Yeah, it's a good Always. one. Yep. Yeah. It's a yep. very popular one. I think that's one of the best ones in the market. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I prefer that over over soda, actually, as in the, the soda, as the Coca Cola and all the stuff. Nice. I, I hate it. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good to hear. I guess that's it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah, I, it's red hot weather still outside, so let's uh, get off this phone call and drink a beer. <laughs> cool. Let's do that. All right, man. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, and, man. Uh, keep in touch. All right. Thank you, man. See you later. See you. Do it. Bye. 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 And a special thanks to Kevin. I will drop more information on the beer coning in the show notes. Remember, if you want to discuss what's in your fridge, or you just want to get in contact with me about the show, send me a message on the email address radio at But for now, let's jump back into our discussion with the boys. There was actually this moment where we I was at Magnate Festival and you were there as well. And oh, yeah. Alex actually came up to me, said, do you want uh, to try something uh, special? And then I said, uh, yeah, of course. And then he threw away my beer, which I had in my hand. Oh, we always <laughs> did that. Yeah, that was our gimmick. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. There was, uh, would, we had a marketing budget for I would very aggressively that. attack people with <laughs> lagers in their hands. I would just go up to them and throw their beer away and say, hey, you want to try something new? It's for free. And then they could try some, some yeah. of our yeah. beer. Right. Yeah, also, it's strangers. That's a good... And then walk... How did people respond to that? They loved it. Yeah. Every one of them. They're like, what yeah. the fuck is this guy doing? But I it's, but like it's it. also the atmosphere for it. You don't do it like in a regular bar, right? It was like this festival. And it was. <laughs> I, I got a free special beer. That's how yeah, it felt for me. From one. What was? What were people's reactions in general? Like maybe just uh, people at these festivals. A lot of maybe? lawsuits. So many lawsuits. Diarrhea. <laughs> 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 no, but like, were, pe- were people ready for it? People ready for these really? Uh, yeah, the funny thing is, out there beers. Yeah. The the very very different responses. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> the what I think if the person who came to our bar was open to a new experience, then it was always, always fun because you always have a conversation. Yeah. And, right. uh, and if someone wasn't, isn't really open for what he or she is tasting, then it's always difficult. Mm, but the people were open, yeah. we had, it opened the world. It opens the world. It's but we also retried it. You tried to open up them, especially yeah. when in Amsterdam it was, it was also uh, really always an educating kind of talk. Not kind of like oh, a lot of people didn't understand the styles. We had already then very mm-hmm. weird names that they couldn't uh, relate connect to relate to beer. Mm-hmm. But here it was kind of doable. But when we did our first events in the south in Brabant, mm. I never forget the event that we did at uh, Frontaal, the first festival was with you maybe or I don't know. I think with you. Oh, yeah. And then, then, then people really passed our boat. They were looking at the names in the list, and they just yeah. didn't know how Fucking fast they had to walk away. That was the worst. <laughs> walked it and, and hustled, walked. and they were like, "What is this?" So, Tongere. but in Amsterdam it worked Tongere. out. Tongere. Uh, but it, we had to talk a lot about it, and that's why we did created this experience with yeah. with live brewing, so people could see like, "Oh, what is this guy doing?" Oh, that's maybe why it tasted mm-hmm. tastes like that. And, and the names and the party, so... And also the standard response when people ask for a beer, first question was, what kind of beer? No. Because people just came and asked for a beer. Yeah, get a beer. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was already in the beer temple as well, you know? Yeah. I mean... But the craft beer community really took over in Amsterdam, didn't it? So how, how aware was, were you of what was 
I the mean, craft beer community growing. There's now over 40 professional breweries in Amsterdam, yeah. at least registered breweries. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when we started, it was only Zeven Deugden, Het Ei en De Praal. Yeah. En Boetjes Steers. Zeeburg, Heineken. Zeeburg. 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 Yeah, 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 so yeah. Craft. Yeah. And now there's <laughs> over 40. <laughs> yeah, so the, I mean, that <coughs> represents that there is a big yeah. community as well, right? Yeah. I mean, every bar now selling local beers next to their... Uh, uh, nah, but it was, it was also a bit of a struggle, right? When we had that first batch of monoliter from the Mole and going into bars with a bottle, with a pink label, uh, a name that people could interpret as just being silly, priced it's at least twice as the any other beer around and uh, a, a style they never heard of. It was sort of challenging, right? Oh, we always, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, some people were open immediately. Some people mm-hmm. had to be convinced. But often, also a lot of people were like, yeah, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Often right. bar owners we met on the festivals where we were serving. That helped that a lot. That was yeah, for yeah, us yeah. Our, our sales channel. So we were selling to consumers, but there were obviously also bar owners on the festivals. Yeah. And uh, that's how we collected uh, yeah, And it wasn't beer potential. festivals, huh? Well, no, 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 it no, was, no, it was like music parties, festivals, parties, parties, parties yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And that yeah. was very unconscious that indeed what Paul said, that really worked out, that there were a kind of group of, of visitors, guests to these events yeah. that were working in, in hospitality service. And that were like, as soon as we had the beer, they were like, oh yeah, of course, we saw you at this festival. Yeah, let's have it on. Not for every bar, but at least there was a small group uh, yeah. of, of the bars that we also wanted to go to. We made this list like, oh, this bars we want to be available at and, and and there were some bars that knew us because of the events we did before how, how difficult was it to get involved with these festivals did you uh, well yeah we kind of played the the the, the sweetheart card like i hey, we're new <laughs> we just make it we're artisanal we're small we're four friends which is uh, completely true which yeah. was true and which worked <laughs> yeah, money we, we and we kind of milked <laughs> as long as possible and there was a certain moment that we came too big and yeah uh, yeah and that also in the beginning it wasn't on the radar but at a certain Time a couple of years later, I think also the bigger brands started to understand like, oh, craft beer is really a thing also in the Netherlands, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maybe we should be wary about it or, or at least have uh, control over it in another way. Uh, well, that's really yeah. impressive. I can't think that people at like techno festivals or anything are really uh, ready to experience craft beer. Well, maybe that's Dutch festivals. They always have this, uh, yeah, what's the word for it? Rand programming. Rand programming. Yeah. yeah, they always have this funny Side stuff. And, 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 ah, okay. and they were already changing their food menu also with different kind of food trucks. And this fit into it. And we were like, always, we always try to push this uh, live brewing thing. Okay. Like we're going to do live, we're going to show it. And then we also sell some beer. And that was kind of got us into a lot Selling of Selling tastings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't at the end of the day, we festivals. collected thousands of No, exactly. Of, uh, we're, we're conventional. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then they said, oh, you're, I thought you were just doing a tasting. And I, was, I don't know. People. At the Shoeless <laughs> Festival, we sold a lot of beers. So. Yeah, Ruigort, yeah. yeah, more like Ruigort, alternative yeah. stuff. Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah, we actually hit off, places. where we could you know, yeah. have a yeah, nice... Yeah, Shoeless. But uh, yeah, I also really remember well, I think it must have been then the Holland Keukens 2012, after we started homebrewing. It was yeah, 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 but yeah. I was there the day before with you and Binny, and we walked around, and there was everything is about taste, you know, and all these kitchens, and yeah. but there's also wine and cocktails and coffee and da 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 da, but everything was there except beer. Yeah. No culinary brewers. Fuck, man. And then next day, Rick and Alex went there with... Uh, that was actually the very first. Yeah, event, with yeah. Dutch Jan, with two crates just on yeah. the table. Yeah, and, from uh, Butcher's Tears. Yeah. 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 Uh, and just sell yeah. some some homebrew, and then yeah, the day after you went again, right? And yeah. then uh, I wasn't there. No. I remember coming back after the weekend, 
on a brew day and uh, Rick and Alex passing me over uh, an envelope with a couple of hundred of euro, hundreds of euros, <laughs> which was a fortune in back in those days, you know, like, wow, you know, and that was the start of yeah. sales at okay. uh, festivals. What were the, what was some of those? I mean, what was the changing point? Because went from when you went from uh, like doing these outside brewing sessions to doing contract uh, brewing. I think I think it was very um, full time, very fast. Because when when you're going to festivals, you're selling a lot of home brews, which you're working very hard for. And the next week, you're selling different brews. So you make a new list, which is fun, but it's also like. We kind of need this one beer that sticks with us, or you need like more capacity to have. You need volume. You yeah. need volume to actually have one or two beers that are there all the time, and you can sell your experiments next to that. Yeah. So we yeah, always yeah. had that feeling where we need like this, like this stock of one leaf door, a good recipe or a good IPA, just to have. Yeah. And time. All the time, all the time, so people know what you what you have. And yeah. Then, uh, I mean. Yeah, time and time and consuming. We, Jeez, I mean, uh, brewing beer. So Rick graduated. Liters. Jesus Christ. <laughs> In two thousand. 12 in September 2012, you started full time, right? I started full time and together with me because that's when I got fired at the consultancy job. I think it was 2013. That was 13 time on Friday. I started first, then you came in, then Alex, and then Sandra. And then, yeah, things really accelerated because when you have time, you have more focus, more contracting, yeah, and that. That's more sales uh, time, more yeah, time. and yeah, that's the the biggest. But thing. all all still until then, all happened organically. That was nice. We could yeah. could could pay it all with, because we were came from a student lifestyle. Well, maybe uh, Paul the least. We had like a proper job, but we all came with a student lifestyle. Worked a couple of days in a bar. Didn't spend a lot of money, and we could you know live very very lean and just uh, yeah. Put, um, yeah, Endless amounts of time in it. Rick, you just needed like three thousand a month or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a BMW then. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least contract. This rock star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a fortunate thing for us. None of us had children or yeah. a mortgage to pay. It was just yeah. uh, uh, rent and. Yeah. Uh, you just mentioned kind of uh, uh, a point where you kind of had to have like a beer that was repetitive. What was that first beer that became like a regular beer? Uh, so I think it was Mandelivde because. Um, we picked from about 100 recipes back then, 80. Well, Malifta was, I think, the first. It was also the beer that we brewed the most often after a while. And we made kind of variations of it. But then I, it was actually intended for beer for Red Light Radio back then. And we brewed it and it was like, it was actually for this... Uh, the, the New Blanche. New we were brewing thing. it at the New Blanche. And then we brewed it again. But that was not the first edition. But actually, it was very yeah. close. It was with Chachuan Peppers. It was yeah, then yeah. with Casa Cara. The and it was, was my favorite. Right. And it was in the bottle. Can we repeat not that yet, But it was again. the saison. It had already... It also had Sraches. It was all these... had like the strong opon- uh, components. And then it was like... Yeah, but there was a version before. Work. Uh, no, there were a couple versions. Yeah. But that Casacara uh, was really amazing. Yeah. And that was the first we were wow. like, oh, this is, we haven't tried anywhere. It's very unique and also yeah. really fit our, fit our palates, like a uh, tasting, uh, I say, yeah. Tasting palettes? Tasting palettes. We want to have, <laughs> didn't want to have an IPA. We want to have like something that was a bit drier yeah. and uh, and unique. And that, that became Mandelief to them. That's yeah. so long uh, after. We worked, we worked actually yeah. on yeah. several styles since the first 10 homebrews there's a couple of styles that we worked on mm-hmm. intentionally of course it was an ipa but there was also a porter uh there was a stout that took off or that we liked and we wanted to put out and develop into something we could brew on a bigger scale and this saison was also one and the tatai actually mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's 
Tatai many versions of Tatai yeah. that we homebrewed. There's many versions of what became Monolith that we homebrewed. Uh, this black wit thing is also something yeah. we brewed uh, quite often. Yeah. Uh, Commercially, a dark hits. beer, oh, yeah. a dark beer with a, uh, a lot of wheat in the malt yeah. bill and a Belgian yeast. Um, yeah, the so and a porter, one, a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Priapus porter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> you should read the uh, page Google of our right website uh, back then. Priapus. Yeah, Priapus. Was Priapus was a very uh, big uh, source of inspiration for us. Yeah, Priapus yeah. Porter. The, yeah. the lunch club eh, you did with Remco at, also, uh, next yeah. to the Prau. <laughs> we brewed it there also. Yeah. The, the stout. <laughs> Which tai Remco? Tai, but Tai Tai was a fun beer to brew. You get all these colors and all these ingredients, which would, you know, it would be a fun, fun thing to brew. I remember that brewing, brewing it a lot of times. And Saison, I think, would work a lot. You would brew a lot of Saisons because you also have the temperature thing, which doesn't really... And where did the idea of something like Tai Tai come from? Uh, I think it was Paul's, Paul's girlfriend, girlfriend that wanted a, like a ginger <laughs> beer for her birthday. And we're like, yeah, we're not doing that. But what kind of beer works with ginger? We thought maybe a little bit more Belgian-style sweet beer. Yeah, and she doesn't. She didn't really like uh, uh, dry, hoppy, bitter beers, mm. and I and she really enjoyed uh, uh, strong, intense uh, beers like imperial stouts or barley wines. I remember the big words from Mikkeler was her favorite beer back then. <laughs> Old wow. Foghorn. And then I thought, well, if you're asking for a ginger beer, which are often very dry, yeah. I mean, how is that going to suit your palate? So, and we never brewed. Uh, a triple, a classic Belgian style. Mm. So uh, I, f- I thought maybe we can brew a Belgian style, ti- Belgian style triple with uh, Thai spices. Sweetness and spiciness goes well, also in the Thai cut kitchen. Mm. And that's uh, yeah. And uh, actually, the funny thing is because none of uh, the four of us really <laughs> liked it, uh, <laughs> the triple nut and not the Thai Thai. <laughs> and we were selling it on festivals, but it became one of our best sellers. Yeah. yeah. So all the girls would be like, oh, that's so nice. This beer is so cool. Yeah, lemongrass in there. Some they were like, wow, it's amazing. All the like, girls. Oh. Only girls? And you well, yeah, well I remember that. I remember that, that like guys would be more, I don't know, well, maybe so more racist. open to these different styles or something. But I remember that all the girls would be like coming back for the Thai Thai. So I was like, I can have another Thai Thai. Yeah. It's the first time I thought, wow, it's a popular beer. Why yeah. is that? And Unfortunately, because it was a bit sweet back for the Oma. That was in general a good thing with <laughs> what, what, what Alex and Paul described, that, that we saw these events and often because we were there for a longer period, often even a couple days. Uh, people came back dedicated for one beer or just came back for us. Not for one, be- not for one but just the whole festival. And it was like, oh, people like this. And it was uh, like the whole feeling around it. Yeah, they just came like back for only for a bar. And it was like, wow, mm. this is good. People, people yeah, they were also it. fed and up with the industrial beer. Funky yeah. And the, weird, the names were weird. They, 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 they were open for it. Yeah. It was a good good moment, yeah. Did you think it could con, like the success that you had in that first year with all these events, did you think it could continue? Well, we already found very quickly, one way we found, that's what I meant earlier with the, uh, that we were ourselves a bit opportunistic. We've also yeah. went to festivals that maybe weren't the, uh, the right fit or events that were almost not, none people interested in us. On the other hand, we started seeing more and more, um, uh, I say, the festivals also or maybe the organizations behind them or sponsors behind them saw like, oh yeah, this is not anymore a small thing. Yeah. Uh, this really uh, is, uh, I say, cost us sales. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, yeah. we were uh, welcome at less and less festivals. I remember yeah. specifically when Gross <laughs> got his um, funding for bigger festivals yeah, yeah. and they cut it up f- 
to be a part of smaller festivals. Yeah. Like culture, I remember specifically this summer, there was not a lot of festivals that wanted us there because there were sponsors that were, you know, doing these smaller festivals, which kind of uh, fucked there us. There was this, uh, we were been, I think, twice at Mysteryland, like one of the biggest <laughs> dances. <laughs> you were at Mysteryland? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also thanks to Roy, who also did this event. No uh, way. Was but then the, the, the traveling time, nut. The third yeah. time we couldn't Shout uh, out to fix Roy it Leputre. anymore <laughs> because we heard it got actually all the way at, uh, up to board level at uh, Heineken, who was sponsored at Mysteryland. And uh, we couldn't continue with uh, our uh, Your being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Look, guys, I don't really want to go any further with the questions because I feel like naturally we've come to a, a timeline that is like the, next, the next next chapter. So I just want to say thank you for answering my questions. That's uh, That was really, really good. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the next <laughs> chapter? Huh? What's the next, the next chapter? chapter? I don't know. I is, Mysteryland. Uh, when is, uh, yeah. when is the next Mysteryland? Mysteryland lawsuits. Yeah, and uh, what about all those home homebrews we've been tasting and not really talking? Yeah, there's no, many, many left. Yeah, this is actually uh, a Berliner no, Weisse with with Seabuckthorn, uh, hand picked Seabuckthorn. It's quite good. Uh, in this uh, bush I have in my backyard, you know, uh, very uh, potent. Uh, Shrub with, uh, yields a lot of uh, sea buckthorn. His backyard is very, very big. Yeah, it's a, just a clean Berliner Weisse, but I think with the fruit, some wild yeast came in and uh, also preserved pretty decent. The fruit faded. Like oysters. The fruit faded, yeah. Yeah, yeah mineral, a bit earthy. I love it. This is great. Yeah, uh, I love it. Really nice. So just, just so you know, usually with this uh, <laughs> podcast, I end it with a, a quiz where I've written a quiz about the guests. Now, I've had to do a different kind of version of that because uh, uh, it's four of you guys, but I still wanna look, I still wanna end with something lighthearted. It's not like a full-blown quiz, but I've made, what it's called is, how well do you know me? So what I want you to do is be in pairs. You two are together, uh, Paul and Rick, and you two are together, Sander and uh, Alex. What <sighs> Oedipus beer do you think you are most like? So what Oedipus beer do you think Rick is most like? What Oedipus beer do you think Paul is most like, and same for you guys. So what do you think, uh, character-wise, what do you think he's... What does he represent as yeah, an Oedipus yeah, yeah, beer? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. so not what he actually likes as a flavor. No, 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 no okay. flavor-wise. What Oedipus beer does he remind you most of? And you have the answers right there. No, 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 this is no, no, no. Just, just, just a discussion. <laughs> this is just a discussion. Didn't you get this email before? <laughs> this is always the part of the end where I like that the guests feel a bit uncomfortable, so... <laughs> <laughs> At the end? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for this Rick, was the more I, relaxing I think uh, for Rick, his favorite beer would be uh, the Dancer. No. But does he represent... Rue Barbaria, man. Rue Barbaria. <laughs> You're on a different team, man. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. I can't say anything. And for, and for Paul? Well, do, do we have to talk about it? Or, uh, <laughs> no, what, so the, what, so you can write it The down. Dancer, what, what would beer was that? The Dancer? No, why? Why, Paul? Why the Dancer? Yeah, because you had uh, envisioned this beer of drinking IPAs on the dance floor. Oh, yeah. And that was uh, one of your <laughs> motives to get uh, to get IPAs on the dance floor. Still I think you there. succeeded with that. No. Yeah. And uh, so go on, you for you for Paul. Oh man, there are a couple, couple. Lads. I think uh, <coughs> I would either say warme dagen or warme dagen or uh, mannenliefde. Okay. Explain. Well, warme dagen is, I think, the lightness and uh, very just, I think, one of my favorite beers. I'm not sure for Paul, but uh, it's this. Definitely. Yeah. Elderflower, Berliner Weisse. 
dus ja, super effervescent en flowery. En de mannenliefde, ja, stable in de in de in de team en in de en in de line-up of the beers. En hij als een coin te nemen, mannenliefde. So oh yeah? Did he? Finally, I get my uh, <laughs> hey hey my title. <laughs> Finally, thank you, Rick. Did you this? Maar to my lawyer, I don't agree to this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I was uh, you working, were working. in the beer I brought temple. you the yeah, paper. Yeah, I went yeah. to the beer temple. So you they wrote it down story. on a note or on a coaster. Yes. They did it. They did. We came to the beer temple to tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like, like, this is it. And you're like, so excited. And he's like, Fool of a oh, Jesus, yeah. that's it. <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was really underwhelmed. I was really on the well. They ran into the beer temple. He still is, by the way. It's Manalifta. Yeah. Is this what these guys are so excited about? He was very right. Expectations. Well, I think I was waiting for a piece of gold. But maybe it was. In the end, it was. Maybe. It took some time to. He still was adjusting to it. And Alex? Yeah, so two beers spring to mind. One is Polyamory. And one is um, uh, slow-mo. So Polyamory, I guess, that was a beer that I really thought, wow, Sonner is doing an amazing job with doing new and innovative brewing stuff for the Netherlands, which was just <clears throat> all credits to him, which really, you know, yeah. him as a brewer and dedicated like that, I really thought that, you know, in a light way, in a very fruity way came out of this beer. I really enjoyed that. And slow-mo, because it's an easy drinking beer and Sonner and I like to drink big glasses of beer together, you know, so, and you can do that with slow-mo, have fun, but it's still a quite technical beer. It's, it, it Maybe it tastes a bit uh, uh, boring or easier or something like that, or, but in the end, I think slow-mo, 3.5% says, well, it's quite hard to make it right and quite has a lot of depth to it if you really... Look in, if you look into it, where is slow mo? Where is it, man? Yeah, yeah well, it's uh, number 18. Have you tried yeah, it? Number 18. It uh, does the job. Yeah. It does the job. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a bit pints, silly. It's a yeah, they, nah, come on. I had it. Uh, get two bottles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's on tap now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We can get some. So that's where you can find us. Yeah, it's a bit silly, but I would say slow mo also. But, but <laughs> I think it suits you better than it does me. Yeah, I think it suits you better than it does me because I think also. Indeed, what uh, what we can agree on is the pint. And especially, I remember also uh, last year, two years ago, a cycling trip and then coming back to the tap room and having a pint of slow-mo is the perfect beer to have after a, a cycling trip. But I had 18 last week and it... 18, 18 pints. <laughs> no, 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 I did uh, Studio Olympus number 18. Oh, right, okay, yeah. okay. When, when, uh, uh, when is the show over? Are we going to go to, to the tap room? Is yeah, well, then we move the whole left, equipment yeah. to continue Once he's there. finished his <laughs> response, we can... Um, <laughs> but even more so because the story... Uh, actually, when Tristan joined us or <laughs> when he has his... Uh, aggregation dinner at my place or something <laughs> like that that no, it wasn't really like that but he showed me he showed us this video he showed us this video about this brain surgeon that uh, that was the, what the story the name comes from this brain surgeon in southern california uh, who uh, decided to uh ride on his inline skates down the strip there uh at uh what's the beach called Near San Diego, Sunset right? Boulevard or Venice Beach. We still don't Venice know. Beach, Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Oh, it was yeah. near San Diego. Yeah? Yeah. 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 I think it was more Southern California, Conan. but it doesn't really say. Yeah. The story doesn't really say. Oh, Conan Conan was Venice. Yeah, I thought it was Venice. But uh, yeah, just these beach vibes, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, this guy and people shouting at him, slow-mo, slow-mo. And he's just this super relaxed dude, uh, ultimate hippie. Just uh, sold his Ferrari. 
Ja, who comes from a uh, mansion and uh, the, the a huge career in brain surgery, but decides to roller skate or roller blade on one leg the rest of his life. And he has his theory. But I think that suits Alex a bit more. Just, yeah, he's the most... Uh, beach boy. The, yeah, beach boy. Yeah. Beach bum. Uh, hang out at the beach. Where's your rope? Beach bum. Show me your muscles. Where's the white Russian? All right, guys. Well, I know it was a bit awkward that, uh, that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> thank well, you. Thank you. I really enjoyed yeah. all your responses. No, and I thank hope you, it Danny. made you uh, look inside yourselves a little bit. But in general, great show. Thank you all for joining me. It was a pleasure to have you all together and have a beer together. Thank you, man. We thank had a great time. And, uh, yeah. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Well done. Thank See you. you next year. Applause you for yourself. <laughs> Do now. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Radio Oedipus. A special thanks to Bass and a huge thanks to Alex, Paul, Rick and Sander. I hope they'll come back and discuss more with me in the future. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you can find other episodes by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. You know the drill. Help spread the good word by liking and subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's music was written and composed by Ola Eye Music. Get in contact with me, radio at oedipus.com. And tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer.